right, good evening. Merry Christmas. You made it to the first Christmas Eve service, so you're already winning this Christmas Eve. Do you know that? Thanks for joining us. Um, my name is Pastor Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at this church. So if this is your regular uh, church that you come to, we're glad to have you here tonight. If you're a guest, we're honored that you're here with us tonight. Uh, I just love this season, this time of the year. It's so fun, um, maybe a little stressful. If you still have to do any Christmas shopping after this for that special someone in your life, might be a sign you should just let the relationship go. They're not that, spe- not that special, maybe. You know, you guys all know the Christmas story. Uh, we all know the main characters of the story, the shepherds, the wise men, the angels, Mary, Joseph, and we know how it goes. We've heard it before. Um, but I wanna talk to you about these characters and maybe you can consider how they really give us some very practical life lessons for us today. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about the seven characters of Christmas. The seven characters of Christmas. I think in each one of these characters that you really are familiar with, there might be some really helpful lessons for you. Some helpful pieces of uh, just information to take away and apply to your life based on your situation. First, let's look at the shepherds. The shepherds, these guys had you know, a pretty hard job and they were a pretty rough group of guys. Now, when I think about shepherds, I tend to picture little five and six-year-olds in the shepherd costume. They're always so cute, you know, but, but remember these guys back in the day, they were a pretty ragtag group. They're a pretty rough bunch and they lived a pretty tough lifestyle. Now, I know like a lot of you guys like to go camping. You like to rough it today, but I think that you like to rough it only because that roughing it comes to an end at some point, Right. That's not what it was like for the shepherds. They roughed it on an ongoing basis. And I don't think any kid grew up back in that day thinking, I want to be a shepherd when I grow up. That's, that's my life goal. Listen, listen to this passage. You already know what happens with them. But in Luke chapter 2, at a certain point, an angel appears to them and says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Notice that phrase, all people. Now, I think, I think this makes sense. Well, obviously, because a flying, singing group of angels appeared to them and they, they had a reason to be terrified. That's not something that you see every day. So that's why the angel told them not to be afraid. But I also think there could be more, more to that, that statement to not be afraid. Because think about the fact that these guys probably, may, maybe parts of their life were a little bit more difficult than, than they hoped it would be. Maybe they were a little bit more out on their luck than they expected to be at that point in their life, you know? And and I think about the fact that this was a tough life and I just think these, these shepherds, you know, out there, you know, night after night, hanging out with sheep, three weeks since their last bath, just got bit by a coyote today, you know? No shepherd was sitting out there at the campfire thinking, I was born for this. This was my life purpose. This is probably a place that, you know, he found himself. And, and I think about guys like them that are kind of maybe hard on their luck. And it makes me think about how a Christmas season, for some people, it can be a very stressful season because there's a, a financial pressure that comes along with this season. And you want to do nice things for people and buy them presents. But maybe, maybe this has been a financially stressful year for you. And the thing about 
Christmas and any holiday is it just magnifies whatever's already going on in our lives, doesn't it? If you're having a great year, Christmas comes and it's just the most cheerful, celebratory day ever. But if you have had a tough time this year, man, Christmas just kind of makes you even more aware of that. So maybe this has been a stressful year for you. Maybe some things haven't fallen into place the way that you hoped they would. Maybe some things didn't turn out the way you hoped they would. Maybe, you know, you've been financially stressed this year or tight. The shepherds give us hope. And I think that what the angels said to them could also apply to a lot of us where when we're financially strained or when things don't fall into place the way we hope they will, we, well, we're really tempted to be afraid at times. And we're afraid that we won't have enough. We're afraid that, you know, things won't come together, that ends won't meet. And I think about these angels telling the shepherds, don't be afraid. That's a great piece of advice for us, even now, 2,000 years later, that we don't have to be afraid. And just because maybe some things have been more difficult than we hoped they would, because of Jesus's birth, we still have hope, don't we? We do, we have hope. And the angels brought good news that would bring great joy to all people. Not just the people whose lives are going smooth this year, but all people, the people who are, who are maybe financially strained, the people who are having a great year. This is good news for everyone. And the shepherds, they, they teach us a very important lesson, I think. No matter what's going on in your life this year, the, the shepherds teach us that the riches of heaven are given to the humblest of people. They are. Think about this, like there are, there are things we can relate to with these shepherds. The fact that maybe, maybe we don't have everything that we wish we had. Maybe the things haven't fallen into place the way that we wish they would have. And, and I think about how we have to humble ourselves spiritually because spiritually we're all poor, right? Like we, we needed Jesus to come and bridge the gap between us and God and make it possible for us to be forgiven and reconciled to God. So it's when we humble ourselves that we receive the eternal riches of heaven. The kingdom of God is offered to us and we now have what we need to make it through whatever's going on in our lives. What, what that means is it doesn't really matter what's in our bank account. If we have Jesus in our heart, we have what we need to make it through our situation. And his birth brings great news that brings great joy to you, no matter what's going on in your life. I love that lesson we can learn from the shepherds. Let's consider the wise men. You guys know the wise men. These guys were royal astronomers. They traveled a far distance to look for the king of the Jews. It says in Matthew chapter two, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men came from Eastern lands. They arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. So I really appreciate the wise men, you guys. When I think about what they went through, they traveled a very long distance. It probably took them months to travel to Bethlehem. We get to read about that journey in a few days, but it took them a long time to get there. And, and back in that day, you know, they didn't even know where they were going when they left home. They were just following a star, right? 
And, and I really admire that. When I started learning how to drive, you know, that was back in the day where you'd print directions off of mapquest.com and take them with you. And, and now we have smartphones, so we always know exactly where we're going, exactly when we're going to get there. And so I think about how scary it would have been for these wise men to take off on this journey, not knowing where they were going, not knowing when they were gonna get there. You know, can you imagine how crazy that would have been for them? Night after night, along, the, along this journey, someone asking them, where are you guys going? We're not really sure, you know? What are you looking for? Don't know, really. Maybe um, king of the Jews, not sure. And then they ended up finding God. Maybe you're in a season of life where you're feeling called to step out on a new series of adventures or, or some, some new step in your life. Maybe God's calling you to, to change something, to maybe, to maybe change careers or to start a new relationship or to get more involved at your church. And it can be scary to do that because you, know, you can feel vulnerable when you don't really know what to expect or how things are gonna turn out. But the wise men teach us a lesson too. They teach us that God will lead you where you never intend to go and show you what you never expected to see. When you're willing to follow God, yeah, it makes you, you know, you have to be vulnerable and it is a risk to step out when you don't know where he's going to lead you. But if you're willing to follow him wherever he leads, like the wise men who follow that star, he'll end up leading you places that, that just exceed all of your expectations. And you'll see things that you never expected to see. And I've been a Christian for a while now. I can tell you this. I don't want to just read about other people's miracles. I want to experience God doing miraculous things in my life. Don't you? And that's why I want to be willing to follow him wherever he leads. If you're willing to go wherever God leads you, you will see miraculous things in your life. Now consider King Herod. King Herod, he was a bad guy. He was a wicked guy. He was one of the worst people ever, probably. We just... Heard about how the wise men, they had traveled to Bethlehem. And it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. He heard the news from the wise men about the birth of the king of the Jews. In verse 7, it says, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And then he told them. Now, you, before you read this quote, you have to read it, you know, with the voice of an evil villain in your head. Okay? So, like, I, I always, like, hear the voice of Jafar from Aladdin. That's just me. King Herod said, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. <laughs> right? Like, I don't trust you. <laughs> no. So Herod, he's a bad guy. And it's crazy that, you know, he is so upset about the birth of Jesus. He was raised a Jew. And so he should have welcomed the Messiah. But instead, he saw this new king of the Jews as a threat to himself, to his own power and his own control that he had. Think about that from the very birth of Jesus Christ, there were people who hated him. Isn't that isn't that crazy? And then as he grew older and he started to teach people God's word and the truth of the Lord, there were people that just attacked him whenever he would open his mouth. And, and I feel like we can still relate to that on some levels today because there are people that will persecute you for being a Christian and they will attack you for holding views that God says are true because, you know, it kind of makes people uncomfortable sometimes to hear that there's only one way to God. It's through Jesus and that, you know, there is absolute truth. It's what God says is true. That, that can threaten people, can it? Like everybody's cool with baby Jesus at Christmas time, 
But if you're still talking about full grown with a beard Jesus at January, some people are gonna get nervous in your life. Herod, he had no reason to hate Jesus, but he did. He wanted to attack him. You've all been attacked by someone at some point in your life. We've all, we've all had the experience where maybe someone was talking bad about us. You know, I've even had people talk bad about me. I know that's impossible to imagine. But just a couple, last week I saw there was these people I hadn't even seen in years. And I found out that they were talking about me on this like Facebook thread. And I was reading this and I was like, this is crazy. I, I haven't talked to these people in years. What, what's going on? And just like you, right? You hear somebody's talking bad about you. You want to like defend yourself. You want to jump in and, and say, no, you are. And like, you know, start arguing with people and debating. But we can learn, we can learn from this, this situation and these characters here. In verse 12, it says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Notice that phrase, another way. See, at Christmas time, we all want to just get along, don't we? We want to get along with family. But some of you have some, some family relationships that might be a little bit strained this year. And there might be some people in your life that you have a strained relationship with. But we can learn from this situation with King Herod that sometimes you have to go another way. You can't fix every single relationship and you can't control what other people think and do, can you? Just last Sunday at church, we were talking about forgiveness and how important forgiveness is. And that if there's someone in your life that, that you need to forgive, maybe they hurt you, man, you should. You should just forgive them for your sake. Not, not even because they deserve it, but for yourself. When you forgive someone, it, it makes you healthier, doesn't it? But just because you can forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you can always reconcile every relationship. It takes two to reconcile a relationship. Sometimes you can't, you can't control what's gonna happen. And rather than fighting with someone or arguing or debating or keeping things going, it's better sometimes to just go another way. Just say, I'm gonna go that way and good luck with all that. I love that practical lesson. Let's look at the life of Simeon. Maybe you haven't heard of Simeon, but he was a priest and he had been waiting for the arrival of the Messiah year after year. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, that there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. See, there's actually a really practical lesson that we can take away from Simeon and his situation. He had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come. And then he finally had this moment where he arrived and he had to have the opportunity to hold Jesus in his arms. And, and that would have been a huge relief, right? The wait was finally over. He had waited his whole life for this moment. And if you've been waiting for something a long time, you know how satisfying it is when it finally comes to be. Cubs fans know 108 years is a long time, right? Well, these Jewish people, they have been waiting over 1,400 years for 
the Messiah to come. And then finally, he came. And I think this is helpful for a lot of people because this year might have been a season of waiting for you. Maybe you've been waiting for something to happen. Maybe you've been waiting for a relationship. It wasn't that long ago that I was single on Christmas and I wish I was in a relationship and I wasn't. And it's difficult. Maybe you're waiting for the one to show up in your life. Maybe you're waiting for a baby to come into your life. Maybe you're waiting for a promotion or an opportunity or for someone to recognize your potential. Or maybe you're waiting for a relationship that you are in to finally become healthy. It's hard to wait, isn't it? It's difficult. But Simeon shows us that God keeps his promises and the wait is worth it. It's worth it. If you trust God, it will be worth it. You might have been waiting last year and you might go into 2017 and the truth is you might even still be waiting for something. But if you follow God and trust him, he will carry you through and the wait will be worth it. You might say, I don't know how long this is gonna take, but I know that God will see me through. That's, a tr- that's just the truth. If you're a Christian, the truth is that God will see you through. And scripture says, you might feel weary of waiting, but if you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. I love that. Just a practical lesson in this Christmas story. Let's look at the life of Joseph. Joseph was a man who was thrust into this role of responsibility to be the dad to Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's a big responsibility. Look at Matthew chapter one, verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save all people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph. I do not think that Joseph gets enough credit, you guys. He had a crazy turn of events in his life, didn't he? Like these, these things did not come together the way that he expected. I guarantee it. He was in a relationship. He was engaged. He had his fiance. And then one day he found out that she was preggers, right? She was pregnant. And he knew that he wasn't involved in that process, because that's not a thing a guy forgets. And so he's like, you know, how did this happen? Who's the father? And just imagine, I mean, Mary would have been like, mm, God. You know, Joseph, I'm sure he would have been thinking like, okay, right? This is like a true Jerry Springer situation right here. <laughs> Joseph and Mary, these guys were the originators of the it's complicated relationship status. It started with them. And here's Joseph, right? He's like, I I didn't have anything to do with this. I did not have sexual relations with that virgin. He was telling everybody, I'm sure. He's like, I don't know what happened. But I think about how, how this would have been so overwhelming for him and so crazy. And then this angel shows up in a dream and rocks his world. Says, Joseph, whoa, hold up. It's not what you think. This baby did come from the Holy Spirit. Tells Joseph, this baby's gonna be the savior of the whole world. 
then he wakes up. That's a lot of responsibility to take on. You know, this, this guy is very responsible. A lot of guys, they want to have sex, but then not take responsibility when a baby comes. But Joseph had to take responsibility for a baby when he never even got to have sex, you know? Like, that's pretty admirable, right? And then he finds out he's responsible to be the dad to the son of God in the flesh on the earth who will be the savior of all humanity. You're gonna be his provider and his protector. You're gonna teach him how to play catch. You're gonna teach him how to fish. So you can teach people how to fish for men. And that's your responsibility. That would have been overwhelming, right? Crazy. But Joseph teaches us a profoundly spiritual lesson. This is an essential doctrine of Christianity, okay? Sometimes you just have to go with it. I know that's complex and it's very deep, isn't it? But this is real life, right? Because sometimes God does something in your life that is crazy, that you just can't wrap your mind around, that doesn't make sense maybe, and you're not always going to understand everything that God does. And, and sometimes you just have to go with it. You might have some new opportunity that just gets dropped in your lap or maybe something you were expected to do just gets kind of shut down. The door closes on you. You might not understand why, but if you trust God, you can still you know, say, oh, I don't know yet, but I'm just gonna go with it. This is real life. You don't have to understand God's plan to participate in God's plan. There might be times in your life when you live with more questions than answers. But if you're willing to trust God and go with it, he will see you through and he will do things that you would never have expected to do. And a lot of times he'll do things better than you would have ever even hoped for. And if you're only willing to participate in God's plan when you understand what he's doing, well, you'll miss out on a lot of unexplainable blessings that he'll end up bringing your way. So don't be afraid. If you don't understand something that's going on in your life, maybe it's been a crazy season for you. You might not have all the answers yet, but trust God like Joseph and just go with it. Let's think about Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. I wish we knew more about her, honestly. She's just so interesting had this unique role in God's plan. She gave birth to the Son of God. Think about that. You know, she carried Jesus inside of her. Jesus was her baby. Just put, just put that in perspective. You know, because I know some snobby moms today. How snobby was Mary back in the day? Like debating parenting techniques with her friends. Like other moms would have said, Mary, how do you discipline your child? She would have been like, I don't. He's perfect. He disciplines me, right? <laughs> like... That had been hard to live up to and match that, right? Luke, Luke chapter one, verse 28, the Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, you have found favor with God. So she was special. She was special. The angel Gabriel said, greetings favored woman. And he said again, he reiterated this concept, like you have found favor with God. Mary even knew how special she was. She said that for now on, all generations will call me blessed. And I thought this last week about Mary a lot. And I was just like, man, how crazy that God chose her for this unique role in his story to carry God and bring, bring the son of God who was gonna be the savior of the world into our world. And she had this special position in the life of Jesus. And God, he recognized her and he said, you're favored, you're a favored woman. He said it twice even, and, and God is with you. And I was like, man, I could never relate to Mary because she's a woman. And also because 
she had this special role in God's plan and just seemed so, she just seemed so like special and I'm just a regular guy. And, but then I felt like as I was thinking about it, I felt like God said to me that maybe she's not as different from you as you think. Maybe Mary's unique experience is your shared reality. And, and here's what, what I mean by that. It's that Mary was favored and she was special. But when we give our lives to Jesus and we follow him, we experience the same favor today. Grace is undeserved favor. And as Christians, we're all saved by grace. Aren't you grateful for God's grace in your life, favor in your life that you don't deserve? I don't deserve, I'm just grateful for it. And you know, it actually says in John chapter one that Jesus brings grace upon grace. And it made me think about Mary who was doubly favored. We receive a double portion of favor today through Jesus Christ, even as Christians. And, and there are times in our lives where we feel alone maybe, or, or maybe you feel lonely. And, and just like Mary though, who heard God is with you, well, God is still with you, right? If you're a believer in Jesus, Mary carried the son of God in her. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the spirit of God is in you. So that means that no matter what, how people treat you, no matter what's going on, if you feel alone this season, just like Mary, you have favor with God and God is with you. So no matter what happens, you know in your life, I am favored greatly by God and that God is with me everywhere I go. I'm never alone. He's with me and he loves me. Let's think about Jesus as we close this up, the, the central character in the Christmas story, Jesus Christ. He was born into this world. And we love that part of the story that he came to this world as a baby, five pound, eight ounce, little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's amazing. But that's not even the best part of the story, is it? That he, he lived on this earth and he walked the same dusty roads as mankind and he lived a perfect life and he did all of that so that he would be qualified without sin to then die on the cross for our sins so that he could forgive us and we all need to be forgiven, right? We've all, we've all blown it, we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned and we all need God's forgiveness. I just think about how much God must have loved us to allow Jesus to come into this world. In fact, it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse nine, that God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This was God's rescue plan that Jesus would come into the world and save us and die in our place so that he could give us eternal life. That's how much God loved us. That is crazy. I'm sure the other angels in heaven heard about this plan. They thought this is crazy. I can't believe you're doing it. But Jesus loved us this much that he was willing to do this for us. And this shows us that God will do whatever it takes to reach you, to reach you wherever you're at wherever it's been going on in your life this last, this last year. God knew you were gonna be here tonight and he wanted you to know how much he loves you and that he was willing to go to the most extreme limits to reach you and have a relationship with you. He cares about you that much. He's just waiting for you to, to receive that gift, that gift of love and forgiveness and grace and start that relationship with him. You can actually do that at any point in your life, just by deciding, hey, I wanna have that relationship with Jesus and, and be forgiven. 
Would you just bow your heads for a moment tonight, just as we close? Maybe you're here tonight and you just needed to be encouraged and reminded of the truth that God's with you and he favors you and he's gonna carry you through whatever's going on in your life and he's gonna make a way when there seems to be no way. And he just wanted you to be reminded of that tonight, I believe, that he loves you. But maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to have a relationship with Jesus Christ Maybe Christmas has always just been a story to you. And the truth is that tonight, maybe you weren't expecting this, but Christmas could become a life altering part of your life. That you could have a relationship with Jesus Christ like we talked about and you could experience the forgiveness that he offers and and how good it feels to let go of that guilt and that shame that comes from sin. You can have this relationship with Jesus by simply just accepting it and trusting him. And if you're here tonight and you wanna take that step, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but let's just pray together. And if you wanna take that step of faith tonight, just pray with me. And it's not a magic prayer, but it just, it just shows what's in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I, I know that you love me. And I believe that you died for me so that I could be forgiven. I believe that you rose again so that I could receive eternal life. Thank you for loving me first when I didn't deserve it, for giving me this new life. I'm gonna follow you from this day on. In your name I pray, amen, amen. If you pray that prayer, I promise you, if you meant it, God heard it, and he wants to do something special in your life. We're gonna go into the the candlelight portion of our service.